0: Hi, I'm Rick Warren and Merry Christmas. Christmas is gonna be here very soon. And Jesus said in Luke 14, 23, go out into the highways in the countryside and urge everybody you find to come in so that my house will be full. Who are you thinking of to bring to your church? Maybe it's a friend or a neighbor, or maybe your accountant or the person who rings up your groceries at the local market, whoever it is, I wanna challenge you to be a light at Christmas and invite them to services at your church.
1: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with our Christmas series called Behold the Best News Ever. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible and shares the good news that God really wants us to behold this Christmas. Now in just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get a copy of the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal a great resource that will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or text the word daily to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word daily to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called Radical Love.
0: Now, God has an incredible offer for you. And of course, you've been getting all kinds of Christmas offers all season. You've been deluged by here's how to save this money, here's how you can save this, here's how you can save that. I decided at the beginning of this Christmas season, I would collect every Christmas catalog I got in my mailbox, just to add them up, and I got them all, and at the end of the season, I had 114 catalogs. Here they are, right here. It's over 40 pounds of Christmas catalogs that came in my mailbox. Now, I've always been fascinated by these guys who do this target marketing, who they can figure out what kind of catalog you need, and sometimes they're really right on. Now, it obviously didn't take a, a mental giant to figure out the first catalog, which I got this season, Uh, was Mrs. Field's Cookies. (laughs) So it didn't take Big Brother to figure out Send Warren and Mrs. Field's Cookies catalog. So they were right on that. The second catalog I got was uh, Hickory Farms. Well, that's a pretty good one. Uh, The third one, though, by the time they got to the third catalog, they were really off base because it was Follow Your Inner Star, American Girl. (laughs) I had no need for that one. And then the really goofy one, for those of you who... Uh, don't uh, attend Saddleback regularly, I don't wear socks. And somebody sent me a sock catalog. (laughs) What a total waste this thing is. I mean, I can't believe a sock company. But anyway, I added up all of the offers that were made to me in all the Christmas catalogs in this season. And I discovered that if I would take advantage of all these offers, I would save tens of thousands of dollars. Now I'd have to spend hundreds of thousands (laughs) But I could save tens of thousands of dollars. But when I decided how much I'd have to spend in order to get the savings, I realized I can't afford the saving. On the other hand, God has an offer for you this Christmas. It's a Christmas offer that you can't afford not to accept. It is the offer to save you. You. For unto you is born this day a Savior. Whoever believes in him should not perish. Now I want you to notice a couple things about this. First, who is this offer for? Well it says whoever, that means anybody. Look at this verse, Titus, the book of Titus says the free gift, it's free gift, of eternal salvation is offered to who? Who? Everyone. Everyone. Notice there's no mention of religion there. It doesn't say this is only offered to this religion or to that religion or to this group or to that group or that nationality. It says this is offered to everyone. Friends, I don't really care what your religious background is. You may be Catholic, Protestant, you may be Jewish, you may be Muslim or Mormon or Buddhist or Baptist or Hindu, you may be atheist or agnostic. I don't really care what your religious background is. Jesus still died for you. The free gift of eternal salvation is offered to everyone. Doesn't matter at all what your religious background is because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship to Christ. Look at the next verse. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, the door is open. Notice he says there, regardless of your ethnic background, regardless of your economic background, regardless of your educational background, doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or who you've done it with or how long you did it. God says, I'm not interested in that. It's all about whoever believes on him shall not perish. He said, it's about what I've done for you. It's not about what you do for me. It's amazing grace for every race. Jesus is an equal opportunity savior. How do I accept this offer? Whoever believes in him shall not perish. Well, notice the next verse, the Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's what Easter's all about, you will be saved. Now the problem with that verse, we don't understand the meaning of the word Lord because we're not in a feudal system today. We're we're in a democracy in America. We, We elect our presidents and our congressmen and our senators. So we're not in a world of kings and queens and lords and ladies and your lordship. We don't have vassals and counts and serfs and knights and pages and lords. So the word lord is not a word that we use frequently in our language. So what does it mean when I say I'm going to confess Jesus is my lord? What's the modern component to it? The, 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 the modern comparison is Jesus is my, my manager, my CEO, the chairman of my board. He's my boss, he's my supervisor. He's calling the shots in my life. Jesus is sitting in the driver's seat in my car. Jesus is the pilot of my plane. He is directing it. When you say Jesus is Lord, the best description of that is you put on a sign that says, I'm under new management. I'm under new management. See, before I opened my life to Christ, I was managing my own life. I wasn't doing a very good job of it. And Because I, I was managing my own life, so I kept hitting a bunch of dead ends. I had broken relationships, had a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of difficulty, had a lot of regrets in my life, unnecessary tension. I really wasn't quite sure of what my purpose in life was. Because I was managing my own life. And at one point I said, okay, time out. I'm not doing that hot a job with it. I I think I'm going to go with God. Because he made me. He loves me. He created me. He knows what will make me happy more than I do. He sent his son to die for me. He wants me to live with him in heaven. I think I'll let him be the manager of my life. Under new management. That's what it means to say Jesus is the Lord of my life. He says, if you'll do that, if you'll say that, and then if you will believe in your heart, <clears throat> God raised him from the dead. Notice it doesn't say believe in your head, believe in your heart. Why? Because a lot of people miss heaven by 18 inches. They got it up here in their brain, but they don't have it here in their heart. In other words, they have an intellectual understanding of Jesus, but they have no heart or emotional commitment. So you just saying, oh, I believe in Jesus isn't enough. Oh, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose for our sins. And I mean, shoot, the devil believes that. But you're not going to find him in heaven. 90, 95% of Americans say, oh, shoot, I believe Jesus was who he said he was. Our whole calendar split into A.D. and B.C. By the life of Christ. But that's not enough. What does it really mean to believe? The word here in Greek, in the original translation, means it's pestevo or pestuo. It means to trust in to cling to, to rely on. It means to have a relationship with. That's what God wants, is a relationship with you. I could mention a bunch of famous people that I could say, I know that person, you would know who I'm talking about, but I don't really know them. I don't know what makes them tick. I I don't know their internal workings. I certainly don't have an intimate relationship with them. But I know Jesus Christ. I've known him for 40 years. He's my best friend. I talk to him all the time, just like I'm talking to you. In fact, I was talking to him about you just a few minutes ago. And uh, I don't have to close my eyes. I don't have to say these now. I've I've developed a friendship that I can hear God speak to me in my heart and and in my head and I can talk to him and you can do this too. God sent Christ not to give you a religion. God sent Christ to give you a relationship. In fact, what did Jesus come to do? Look on the screen. Jesus said this. I didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. Now that's a whole big different picture of God than most people have. Most people think God sits up in heaven waiting to catch you doing something wrong just so he can judge you, just so he can tell you what you did wrong, just so he can put you down, just so he can tell you, you should have done this, you should have done that, you must do this, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done that. Friends, that's not God, that's your parent. Don't confuse an unpleasable parent with God. A lot of people take their idea of their parents and put it on God and think God is unpleasable. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for you. Nobody's ever sent anybody to die for you except God. That whosoever believes in him, that's the great gift. Now let's review the greatest verse in the world. God so loved you, the greatest love, that he gave his only begotten son, the greatest sacrifice. Nobody's ever made that kind of sacrifice for you. That whoever believes in him should not perish, that's the greatest offer, but have eternal life, that's the greatest gift. You know, you get a lot of gifts at Christmas that don't last six months, much less 60 years. Some of your gifts, most of your gifts, you can't even remember what you got last year. This is a gift that will last forever eternal life. Now, what does that mean? You say, well, is that like going to heaven? Oh, yeah, it involves heaven. But eternal life is far more than just duration. It involves donation. It's a quality of life. In fact, there are three parts to to eternal life. It begins the moment you open your heart to Christ. It's your past. It's your present and your future. It's three-dimensional. Now, listen very closely. When you invite Christ into your life and accept his salvation, three things happen. You get your past forgiven you get a purpose for living, you get a home in heaven. It takes care of your past, your present, your future. Past forgiven, everything you've ever done wrong, wiped out. Purpose for living while you're here on earth, home in heaven for eternity. Where are you going to get a deal like that? Only God can make that kind of offer to you. And it is the free gift, and it's what Christmas is all about. Do you know why we give gifts at Christmas? It's because God gave us the first gift. The first gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And we give gifts in response to that. The whole idea of gift giving started because God gave you the first gift. Now how how silly would it be to go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas and never open your biggest gift? God's gift to you. The whole reason for Christmas. God so loved the world that he gave his son that if you will believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Past forgiven, purpose for living home in heaven. Look at what the Bible says. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been given a brand new life. That's the past. Completely you know, wiped out, get a new life. Have everything to live for, that's the present. And have a future in heaven, that's the future. And the future starts now. I wonder how many of these dimensions are you living in right now? Has your past been forgiven? Are you still carrying around guilt, regrets, resentment, and grudges? Don't carry those into the new decade. Leave them here. Let them go. Give them to God. Are you living with a purpose in life, or are you just kind of being drifting around, being pressured? So you'll either live by purpose or live by pressure in life. How about heaven? Are you certain of your home in heaven? Are you afraid of death? I'm not afraid of death. I've been afraid of death for years. He says, I wanna give you these things, and not only that, you become a part of God's family. The Bible says this, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now follow me very closely on this. Everybody in the world is created by God. Everybody in the world is loved by God, but not everybody in the world is in the family of God. Because that's a choice. God's not going to force you to love him. You must choose to love his son to get in his family. And he's not going to force you to do that. You see, when you were born physically, you automatically became a part of the human race. You didn't have a choice. Sorry, you're part of the human race. But you didn't become a part of any specific family until somebody chose to take you home from the hospital. You must choose to be a part of God's family. Now, what would keep me from accepting this gift? Well, there are a couple things. One of them is fear. I wish somebody told me a long time ago that I didn't have to have all my doubts answered and all my questions solved before I began a relationship with Jesus Christ. I would have done it a whole lot sooner. I just didn't understand that. You see, I've been a friend of Christ for over 40 years now. And uh, I read this book, the Bible. There's still a lot of stuff in here I don't understand. There's still things I have doubts about, I have questions about. In fact, I've made a list. And and when I get to heaven, I'm, I'm gonna ask God, now why did you do this, and why did you say this, and why did you do that? And you see, if I had been God, I wouldn't have done that. You ought to be glad I'm not God. I'm glad you're not God. But there are a lot of things I don't understand that I have doubts, I have questions about, so what? That didn't stop me from enjoying a relationship with Christ. There's not a single other area in your life where you have to have everything figured out before you enjoy the benefit. You certainly didn't understand what it meant to be a parent before you became a parent. I mean, you, you get on planes all the time. I doubt you understand the chem, uh, the, the, uh, how the, the physics of uh, aerospace and aerodynamics, I certainly don't know how a multi-ton engine can fly up in the air, but I still trust the plane to get me somewhere. You don't understand how all a plane works, but you trust it to get you somewhere. I don't understand how right now there are radio and TV waves coming through this auditorium and uh, with sound and pictures, and they're actually going through your body right now. I can't prove it, but they are. But if I have a tuner, I can tune it in, and it doesn't stop me from watching television just because I don't understand how it works. I don't understand internal combustion it doesn't stop me from driving a car. Shoot, I don't understand the chemistry of digestion or taste buds, but it doesn't stop me from eating a Cinnabon. (laughs) How about if I said, I'm never going to eat till I understand digestion? (laughs) Well, it's never going to happen. You don't have to understand it all. You just have to enjoy what you got, and over the time, you'll get to understand it better and better. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is this guy who comes to Jesus one day, and he's just an honest guy. And he says, "Uh, Lord, my uh, my daughter's sick, and I really, she needs to be healed. And Jesus looks at the guy and says, do you believe I could heal her? And I love this guy because he's honest, he's authentic. He says, well, I want to believe, help me with my doubt. That's a classic answer. I want to believe, help me with my doubt. And Jesus says, that's good enough. Bam, and he heals her. Did you know that you can say that today, this Christmas? That gift that's been under the Christmas tree every year of your life and you've never unwrapped it, the gift of salvation. You can say, I want to believe, help me with my doubt. And Jesus will say, that's good enough. The other reason that keeps us from making that acceptance of God's gift, Christmas gift to us, is uh, actually hurt. Because when we get hurt and everybody gets hurt in life, We typically build walls around us. And we say, I'm never again going to let any woman hurt me. I'm never going to again let any man hurt me. I'm never going to again let anybody get close to me. I'm not going to get suckered. I'm not going to, and we build up these walls. And sometimes we even build up barriers against God. Now, God hadn't hurt you. Other people have hurt you. We say, well, my brother died, so you get mad at God. Or uh, I had a friend who died in the war, so you get mad at God. God didn't cause that. Most of what happens in the world is not God's will. That's why we're to pray, thy will be done on earth. Most of the things that happen is my will, your will, and the will of other sinful people. And all the problems, God's going, why are you guys doing that? Now, you can stop it real simple. Take away your free will and everybody else's. But he wants us to have a choice. Let me, let, maybe you've been hurt in a marriage. Maybe you've been hurt in a business. Maybe you've been hurt by a friend who betrayed you. Maybe you've been hurt by religion. Maybe by a church. Maybe you've been hurt by Saddleback Church, this church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you've been hurt. But let me give you a little friendly advice. Don't ever let the sins of other people keep you from God. That's stupid. God didn't hurt you. Don't ever let the sins of other people keep you from God. You know, Kay went uh, shopping uh, this week for Christmas shopping. And when she came home, she'd been to Macy's. And I, I was interested that the cover of the Macy's bag says, A Million Reasons to Believe. I thought that's interesting at Christmas. A Million Reasons to Believe. But you know, the truth is, you don't need a million reasons to believe. You only need one reason to believe. God loves you. He made you. He created you. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he did it all because God so loved you. Let's bow our heads. Father, I want to thank you for your amazing love for us, for your grace. I thank you that you love us even when we don't deserve it. Thank you that even when we don't feel it, that you are consistent when we're inconsistent. And Lord, there are people here today who know about you, but they don't really know you. They don't have a friendship with you like I do. They don't have a personal relationship with you. Uh, you seem distant, detached to them. So today I pray that they will experience, not just know, but experience your love completely and receive your Christmas gift. Now you pray. Just doesn't matter what you say, just say yes to God. Say yes, you're, you're confessing Jesus is the Lord of your life. You say, well, I don't know what to pray. Okay, I'll say some words, and if this makes sense to you, you say, me too, God. Uh, dear God, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Maybe never. But I thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me. Thank you for creating me. Uh, I admit that I often take your love and the good things you've done in my life for granted, and I'm sorry. And I want to be more grateful. This Christmas, I want to accept the Christmas gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I don't understand it all, but as much as I know how, I want to open my life to you. I want to be under new management. Jesus Christ, I need you to be my Savior because I know I'm not perfect and I could never get into heaven on my own. So I wanna ask you to forgive my past. I ask you to give me a purpose in the present. And I ask you to give me a home in heaven in the future. And I wanna learn to trust you and love you. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord. And you need to tell somebody, and why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your new journey with the Lord. God bless you.
1: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. You know, you can get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered right to your inbox every day when you go to PastorRick.com and sign up for his free daily devotional. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, if you want to make your time in prayer the best it can be, then you're going to want to get a copy of the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. This year's theme, Connecting with Jesus, the Source of Living Water. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you more.
0: Do you ever feel like your prayers get stuck in a rut? Would you like to know what God told me to do when my prayer life got stuck in a rut? It was a time when I I just felt like I was praying the same thing over and over and over. In fact, I was beginning to wonder if God was even answering my prayers or even listening. Maybe you felt that way sometimes or maybe you feel that way right now. So what did God tell me to do? Well, here's what he told me. It was such a powerful way to re-energize my prayer life And it was so simple that I want to pass it on to you. God told me to do this. He said, Rick, start writing down what you're saying to me, and then I want you to write down what I say to you. Write down what you say to me, and then write down what I say to you. You see, it's really not that complicated. God just said, I should start by writing down what I'm feeling, and then I should write down what he tells me after I've read his word. It's really just a form of journaling, and spiritual journaling is a spiritual habit that will help your prayers stay fresh and effective. If you've never tried it, I'm begging you, try this for a week or two and see if it doesn't reinvigorate your prayer life. Journaling has many, many benefits to your spiritual life. It'll help you stay consistent in your prayers. It'll give you a permanent reminder of how God answers your prayers because you've written them down. It shows how God is working in your life. You can go back and review it. It'll even help you worship God more and more as you speak to him. God speaks to people who care enough to write it down. So write down what God tells you, but you've got to have a place to do that. Now, I want to encourage you, and I want to help you take this simple step of learning this new spiritual habit. In your prayers, of writing down your prayers and writing down your prayer requests. So, what I did is I had my daily hope team create a brand new spiritual prayer journal. It's got a real simple to follow format that'll help you put into practice God's wisdom that is found in Philippians 4 6. That says this Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Those four things are part of the format of our prayer journal for this year. It's really cool. You're going to love this tool. Just go to PastorRick.com or text the
1: word DAILY to 800-600-5004 to get your brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. And all this month, any gift you give will be matched by very generous friends up to $100,000. Just visit PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.